Welcome to another week of Mum Will Know with me, Claire Wind, midwife and mum. Join me each week as we delve into topics from conception to kids in kindy with the aim to become confident and well-informed mums. This week I'm walking you through the ins and outs of contraception. You may think this isn't the topic for you because you've got this covered. Uh, Either you've been on the pill since you were 16 or you and your partner looked into all of this when you started having sex and are pretty happy with things, how things are going. Um, Or you're currently pregnant or trying to get pregnant. Uh, So contraception is kind of the last thing on your mind. But I think today's episode will be relevant and helpful for a lot more of you than you would initially think. I hope that through today's episode, those of you who are on contraceptives get clarification and confidence, I guess, that you are in fact happy with your current method. Or perhaps you will be challenged by understanding exactly how different methods work and you may be spurred on to change what contraceptive method you will continue using. Or if you're pregnant, hopefully this overview today can prepare you with information that helps you determine what you want to do once Bob has arrived, because that six-week postnatal appointment sneaks up very quickly and often contraception is the last thing on your mind at the time when your GP starts asking what you're going to do. So now's the perfect opportunity to chat with your partner and be prepared with options that may work best for you when the time comes. As you'd know, my aim with Mum Will Know is to provide information that helps us as mums make decisions that really are educated and informed. This is an area I've done a fair bit of reading on myself because we really don't get told what all our options are and how they actually work. So to understand contraception, you need to understand first the basics of conception. If as a child you never asked the question, how's a baby made, or uh, you just never got a straightforward answer, thanks mum and dad, Uh, here's my simple conception explanation. Basically each month as part of their menstrual cycle, women release an egg from one of their ovaries into a fallopian tube, which is the passageway to the uterus. Then during sex, ejaculation causes sperm from the man to enter the woman, travel up through the vagina, the cervix, the uterus, and then into the fallopian tubes where, if timed correctly, it can meet up and join with the woman's egg, which is known as fertilization. The fertilized egg then travels into the uterus and implants on the internal lining and begins growing. So in order to avoid this happening, contraceptive methods exist. Now, not all contraceptive methods work in the same way. Many expect that a contraceptive means that conception, which I've just explained, doesn't happen. However, this isn't the case for all options. Generally speaking, there are three different ways that contraceptives work. So the first being um, that eggs are prevented from being released from the woman's ovaries. Secondly, the released egg is prevented from meeting with sperm And then thirdly, the preventing of an embryo or a fertilized egg from implanting into the uterus, which if we think back to what I've just explained as conception, technically in this case, conception has occurred where the fertilized egg is actually just prevented from growing or developing any further due to the fact it can't implant in the uterus. So this third option is where some people may have an ethical or moral objection if they believe human life begins when the egg and sperm meet at fertilization. 
So it's worth understanding what contraceptive methods are available today and to really see how each option specifically works. There's so many options available, so as to not drown you in information, I'll just cover the most popular options today. Uh, But of course, when making decisions about whether or not you want to use contraception and which method would be best for you and your partner, personal consultation with a GP is obviously recommended. However, I have found and heard that some GPs may present what options are available, but not really explain how they work. So in order for you to feel fully informed and confident in your decision making, I hope I can clear a few things up for you today or at least point you in some sort of direction towards further reading. So let's jump into unpacking some of the many different contraceptives available today. So first of all, I thought I'd cover some natural methods. So natural methods of contraception are based on the idea that a woman learns to monitor her menstrual cycle and is therefore able to recognize her fertile period in order to avoid unprotected sex during that time each month. There are a range of techniques women use to monitor when she is fertile, but this method of contraception is most reliable in women who have really regular periods. Methods of tracking include the calendar or rhythm method, changes to cervical mucus, uh, monitoring your body's temperature every morning, and um, you find that it will be increased after ovulation. Uh, among many other techniques. This method as a contraception, if done perfectly, can be 75 to 95% effective. However, it's been shown that 25% of women who choose natural methods of contraception end up pregnant. Uh, I definitely have a number of friends who have fallen pregnant whilst using some of these timing methods. So it's worth noting that Natural methods, as the stats prove, can be very effective but require a lot of motivation and knowledge of your own body to be reliable. Another natural method that also follows this idea of tracking your menstrual cycle is the withdrawal method, where the man pulls out before ejaculating with the idea that no sperm enters the vagina. It's a bit of a risky contraceptive due to the fact that pre-ejaculate can also contain sperm. And it also relies on the man pulling out in time. So approximately 20% of women get pregnant using this method and family planning New South Wales does not recommend withdrawal method as a reliable form of contraception. And then another option for natural methods of contraception is breastfeeding. So some women are told that when breastfeeding you can't fall pregnant and so they use this as their natural method. I've fleshed this out further in episode six, which was Is Breast Best Part One? Uh, But basically, yes, breastfeeding does normally result in what's known as amenorrhea, which means no period, uh, because of the hormones released as the baby feeds. However, every woman's experience and timing of this period-free zone is different. And ovulation occurs prior to bleeding each month, which means that you can actually fall pregnant before you even know that your period has returned. So breastfeeding is often not recommended as a contraceptive method on its own. Now I'll go into barrier contraceptives. So these are made up of physical barriers that stop the sperm from getting anywhere near the egg and are therefore effective prior to fertilization. So the most common of these would be the male condom. I'm sure most people know what a condom is, but it's Basically, uh, it sits over the male's penis and catches the semen during ejaculation, which means that nothing enters the woman's vagina, cervix, or goes anywhere near an egg. 
Reliability is based on correct use. For example, making sure a condom's in date, it has no holes in it, it isn't used with a combination of oil-based lubricants. Uh, And if used perfectly, condoms can be 82 to 98% effective. However, condoms are often not used properly and therefore approximately 20% of women will still get pregnant when using condoms alone as their only contraceptive. Uh, Another barrier contraceptive is the female condom, which is less known about, but basically looks like a polyurethane pouch with rings, which help it fit loosely inside the vagina. It also stops sperm going through the cervix. Uh, And when used as designed, they can be 79 to 95% effective. However, due to user error, of course, it's estimated that 20% of women will still get pregnant using the female condom. Uh, And then another barrier is the diaphragm. So that's a soft silicon cup that's inserted in the vagina to stop sperm from entering the cervix and uterus, similar to the female condom. A diaphragm initially needs to be fitted uh, by a healthcare provider, but can then be inserted and removed as needed by the woman herself and can last for up to two years. Similarly to both the male and female condom, if it's used perfectly, it is 88 to 94% effective. However, it seems that 20% of women are still getting pregnant using the diaphragm. Okay, so now I'll touch on some hormonal contraceptives. So hormonal contraceptives can be broken down into combined progesterone and estrogen or progesterone-only options. If women are breastfeeding, it's recommended not to have the estrogen as it can decrease milk supply. So the progesterone-only options are the way to go if you're wanting a hormonal contraceptive. So to start off with, the oral combined contraceptive pill, which is also known as the pill, uh, this tablet contains small doses of both progestin and estrogen in varying strengths depending on the specific brand. Basically, the pill is taken daily for three weeks and then a week of either sugar pills or no pill follows where a withdrawal bleed occurs. And there are three ways that the oral contraceptive pill works. Firstly, and simply put, the hormones act in a way that prevents an egg from developing or being released from an ovary. So there's basically no egg to fertilize. Then secondly, the oral contraceptive pill also changes the cervical mucus which reduces sperm's ability to make it through the cervix and up the regular pathway to the fallopian tubes. And then if these two steps haven't worked, the third way the pill also works is that it changes the lining of the uterus, which makes it thin and stops it from allowing an embryo to implant and grow, basically. So the oral contraceptive pill is 99.7% effective, if taken correctly. However, 9% of women taking the pill may still get pregnant and failure is often linked to either the woman forgetting to take the pill, being sick with vomiting and diarrhea or having medication like antibiotics, uh, which can affect the absorption of the pill. So uh, it's worth understanding all of that. The pill is also often prescribed to help people with acne or heavy periods. So it's a very common choice of contraception as a lot of women start taking it as teenagers. So then the next hormone contraceptive is the progestin-only pill. So this one's known as the mini pill and is a contraceptive which contains a very low dose of progestin and acts by thickening cervical mucus, thinning the uterine lining and suppressing ovulation. So yes, you may have caught that. These are the same effects of the oral contraceptive pill, 
but the order that I've said them in is important. So because the dose of progestin is so low, it's not really reliable at suppressing ovulation or stopping the egg being released. And it's also not super reliable at completely blocking the sperm from entering due to the changes in cervical mucus, which means that sometimes the effectiveness of the mini pill is down to the thinning of the uterine lining, which means that a fertilized egg cannot implant or continue growing. So the reason I've explained this so specifically here is that this is where some people may have an ethical or moral objection to this this type of contraceptive because you believe life begins at fertilization. Uh, As a side note, the mini pill is more successful in ovulation suppression when combined with exclusive breastfeeding. So it's a good combination there for those who are breastfeeding. Uh, And to ensure it's most effective, it needs to be taken at the same time every day because it loses its contraceptive effect rapidly after 24 hours. So this may be quite a hard thing for women who are breastfeeding and up at all different hours and sleeping at different hours to achieve. Uh, Or it might be awesome. So that's just so you know. (laughs) And then another hormonal contraceptive option are injections. So this comes in both the options of the combined hormone injection or the progestin-only injection. The combined is, as it suggests, both progesterone and estrogen and requires administration monthly. And then the progestin-only intramuscular injection is given two to three monthly depending on the brand. And both work by suppressing ovulation, uh, increasing the consistency of the cervical mucus and thinning the lining of the uterus. Again, because ovulation is suppressed, there's no egg to fertilize and therefore the cervical mucus and the uterine lining changes are basically backups. The injection, if administered on time, is more likely to be effective than the pill due to the fact that it travels through the bloodstream and not through the gut. And it also doesn't rely on women remembering to take the pill each day. Uh, Some women find that while using the injections, their period can actually stop completely. Uh, But it's also worth knowing that you can experience a short delay in return to fertility once stopping taking the injections. And then there's also less common, but the extended cycle or continuous pill, which are available as a combined hormonal uh, contraceptive, and it basically delays the sugar peel period to once every three months or more. So these are most often used for women who have endometriosis or other issues with symptoms during their menstrual cycle. Another hormonal option is an implant, so something like the Implanon, which is a plastic rod that is inserted under the skin in your arm by a doctor, and it continuously releases progestin over a three-year period. It works by causing thickened cervical mucus, suppression of ovulation, and some small changes to the uterine lining. And it's super reliable, like 99.9% effective. And that's due to the fact that it's done once and it doesn't have to be thought of again for another few years. There's no user error, nothing like that. Uh, Women do find that their pattern of bleeding changes with the Implanon. So one in five women experience irregular or persistent bleeding and then others experience no bleeding at all. So it kind of works or it doesn't work for you. Another hormonal option is the patch, which is a combination of progestin and estrogen and it's worn on your skin. Uh, Basically like the pill, a new patch is put on weekly for three weeks and then in the fourth week no patch is worn. And, and like the oral contraceptive pill or the pill, it works in the same way. 
And then there's the vaginal ring or the Nuva ring, uh, which is a soft, flexible ring that's inserted in the vagina monthly. It remains inside for 21 days and then is removed for seven days for a withdrawal bleed. And then you basically replace it with a new ring the next month. So it slowly releases both the estrogen and the progestin and they are absorbed through the vaginal lining. So it works similarly to the oral contraceptive pill as well. Uh, Now I'll get into intrauterine devices. So an IUD, intrauterine device, is a small, um, often T-shaped device that is placed inside the uterus by a healthcare worker, and it provides contraceptive effect for a number of years. It's not clearly understood exactly how an IUD works, but it's believed that an inflammatory reaction occurs because of the body responding to the IUD as a foreign object, where it kind of tries to destroy it. Uh, IUDs are known to reduce the rate of egg fertilization as well as causing the lining of the uterus to thin and thus prevents an egg if fertilized from implanting and developing. IUDs are 99.8% effective and are a great option for long-term contraception as they cover about five years. So there are two types of IUDs, the copper IUD, which is a plastic device which has a copper toil kind of wrapped around its stem and it's a non-hormonal IUD option where the copper works as its toxicity damages the egg and sperm which decreases their ability to meet and become an embryo. As a side effect to point out some women will find their period actually becomes heavier with the copper IUD. And then there's the hormonal IUD which is the marina which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of and it's t-shaped again but has a cylinder containing a progesterone hormone around the stem of the device which is slowly released. Similar changes occur to the cervical mucus and lining of the uterus as in the progesterone only pill however the dose of progesterone is not enough to suppress ovulation which means that an embryo can form. The main way the hormonal IUD works is by damaging both the sperm and egg so that fertilization is unlikely to occur. However, if an embryo has formed, the IUD lowers the chance of the embryo surviving. A benefit that often comes with the merino is that it reduces menstrual bleeding, which is why a lot of women who have heavy or long periods choose this as their preferred contraceptive. Some things to consider with an IUD is that it can expel itself from the uterus, so it needs to be checked that it's still there. So you can check the string is present in the vagina quite regularly. Uh, It is also possible, but very rare, to fall pregnant with an IUD in place. Uh, And in these cases, the risk of miscarriage is obviously increased. All right, so I'll touch on a few other um, categories, I guess, of contraceptives quickly now. Uh, Permanent methods are basically sterilization. Uh, And they are normally a surgical procedure for either the male or female intended to physically and permanently ensure an egg and sperm can never meet. These are a big deal, as the name suggests, they're permanent. Uh, And couples tend to choose these methods when they have had all the children that they plan to have. So female sterilization occurs under a general anesthetic and is either by tubal occlusion, which is where the fallopian tubes are blocked which means that eggs released from the ovaries can't actually make it into the uterus. And then the other method of sterilization for a woman is by hysterectomy, which is the removal of the uterus. And it's a big deal and not normally recommended for contraceptive only purposes. It'd be more likely to be recommended if there are other issues with um, a woman's menstrual cycle. 
And then male sterilization is by vasectomy, which can be done under a local anesthetic. And that's basically where the vas deferens, which is the tube that carries sperm from the testes, is cut so that no sperm is released in ejaculation. Another form of contraceptive um, is known as emergency methods. Uh, These aren't technically contraceptives, but can act as a sort of retrospective contraceptive, and they're generally used following unprotected sex or if a condom's broken. So as the name suggests, they aren't needed very often. So the morning after pill is the most common emergency contraceptive, and depending on the brand, it can actually work up to 120 hours after unprotected sex. How the many morning after pills work depends on each brand and their hormonal makeup. So some work to delay ovulation with the idea that an egg does not get released until sperm from the previous sexual experience has died, which then makes it hard to get pregnant. Um, Others work by changing the lining of the uterus, making it a hostile environment for a fertilized egg to implant. So again, if you're concerned about the ethics around beginning of life, it's important to be clear on how specifically the morning after pill you're offered actually works. And then there's the copper IUD, which I highlighted earlier, but it basically can be inserted following sex and is effective in preventing a pregnancy by blocking the implantation of a fertilized egg. And then the final other contraceptive method I thought I'd just touch on quickly is abstinence. Of course, this is probably your most reliable form of contraceptive, not having sex. Uh, And it's also maybe your contraceptive of choice in those first few weeks after giving birth. However, this may not be suitable or desirable following your recovery from childbirth, especially if your partner has anything to say about the situation. So I might end it there. As you can see, there's heaps um, of options, but there's also a heap that I haven't covered as well. Uh, And there continues to be more and more research into different um, methods of contraceptives, including hormonal options that men can actually take, like a pill, which is interesting to think about. Uh, But I think I've covered most of the more popular methods here. Um, I hope from this episode... Uh, you can get a clearer understanding of the way contraceptives work. And like I said at the beginning, I think we're often offered a few options by the GP because, but because they're so common, we just kind of say yes to something without really knowing what it's doing. Uh, so looking into the many methods obviously is time consuming and can be a bit overwhelming. So hopefully this sets you up with a greater knowledge about options that you can confidently and in good conscience consider for your own use. If you have found this episode helpful, please give the podcast a five-star rating and a positive review in Apple Podcasts. I know it takes that extra bit of time and effort, but it does really make a difference with making the podcast accessible to more people. And it gives me a bit of a confidence boost as well. Thanks heaps for listening in. If you've got any suggestions for topics that you want to hear about, I'd love to know. Head across to Facebook or Instagram at Mamono and send me through your thoughts and suggestions. And if you want to do further reading on contraceptives, I've shared some links to the resources I've used in making today's episode in the show notes. So check them out over at mamono.com.